Welcome to One Tired Teacher, episode 101, Six Attributes to Creating an Amazing Makerspace. So I am excited to talk today about six things, characteristics, attributes, whatever you want to call them, six really important aspects of creating such an unbelievable space for kids to think and dream and discover and build. I love talking about Makerspace. I'm going to be talking about it for the next several weeks, and I am on fire about it. I had such a great experience this week that I can't wait to share with you. I hope you stick around. Welcome to One Tired Teacher. And even though she may need a nap, this teacher is ready to wake up and speak her truth about the trials and treasures of teaching. Here she is, wide awake. Wait, she's not asleep right now, is she? She she is awake, right? Okay. From Trina Debery Teaching and Learning, your host, Trina Debery. Hey. So last week we talked about developing a maker mindset. And that was like on the forefront in my mind as the week was going on. And I definitely had the opportunity to put that into practice this week and to see with my own eyes exactly what that looks like. And I, oh, it was so fun. I love it. I, I love to watch kids really thinking and trying to come up with solutions and problem solving and thinking critically and communicating and collaborating. Ah, All those things make it so exciting when kids are learning. And I think it's such a powerful way to really get kids thinking outside of the box and to really be able to do some really inspiring things. So if you missed last week's makerspace mindset, you know, creating that mindset set, I shouldn't say makerspace, but maker mindset, then I will link to that in the show notes. It was episode 100. We are now in the triple digits. So I'm super excited about that. And I am really pumped up about talking about makerspace and the impact that I think it can have on our learning, on our learning environment. And what I what I think it really has the potential to do in some systems that I that I'm struggling with personally. So I know that it's just, oh, teaching so hard right now. It's so hard. And then when we add, you know, just social distancing, and we add virtual learning, and we add all those components, and it it really can be an, an overwhelming, you know, an overwhelming profession to be in. And that's the tired part of me that comes out. And I think, wow, I hear that uh, gravelly sound in my voice. And I think how what a long and exhausting week this was. And then I'm like, okay, let me hold on to some of the beautiful moments that I that I witnessed. So I had a chance to well, I'm not even going to say I had a chance. I had a chance to do something creative after what was something that was not creative, and that was testing. Because, of course, we're still practicing high-stakes testing, and even though I just don't understand that, it's like we, you know, you have that one time of year, and that's bad enough. I think it's ridiculous, to be honest with you. I, I have no problem with being accountable. I have no issues with showing what kids are able to do. I just have an issue with it having to look exactly the same for every student. And then I have problems with people using that 
as like an, an evaluation tool. I think there's so many other things that we could be doing. So that frustrates me, but I won't get off on that topic because I've done it before and I'm not going to do it today. I just, we were just, I had to test some fifth graders this week and it was a long, boring process. But after we were finished, I had a lot of time with them and I've got to do something creative. So that was really exciting. So I'm going to get to that in a minute. So first of all, I just want to talk about, I want to share that makerspaces can be such, such a powerful way to engage students in thinking and learning. And a great makerspace gives students the opportunity to take these deeper dives into their learning as well as offer like this, this total metacognitive ability to look at how you learn and how you think and really to approach that learn your learning in this in this way where they are like starting to really understand like what it feels like when it doesn't go right like productive failure what it feels like when they're struggling and that and and it doesn't work out the way they want it to and and that can be really like that can be really powerful because kids begin to understand how they think and how they learn especially when they've been doing things like testing and like I was saying about that a few minutes ago, like I worked with a group of fifth graders this week that were testing and they were doing this long, you know, activity of reading passages and answering questions. And so when I was finished testing, I took them, I was, I took my test box back and I'm, I was turning it in and the test coordinator and the system principal were there. And I'm like, okay, you know, are the kids ready to go back? Are they finished testing in, in fifth grade? Well, no, they're not finished. They didn't even start for like <laughs> an hour and a half later than we started, which didn't make any sense at all. And I'm like, what do you want me to do? You know, what do you want me to do with the students? They can't go back to class. And they're like, well, you can just have them read, which I'm like, what? I'm not going to just have them read. They were just reading the whole entire time. I don't want them to feel like reading is a punishment. I want them to think that reading is a beautiful celebration and a gift. And it was bad enough that they were in the media center, but I have really tried hard to create this atmosphere of thinking and learning and excitement. And then I feel like it's stifled in this drill and kill way of standardized testing. And so I was already upset about that. So I'm like, okay, I'm like, all right, thanks. I got it. And so I I go back. I'm like, we are, this is what we're going to do. And I wanted them to try something out for me. And I I have this Peggy and Gerald makerspace moments that I created. It's in my store. I'll link to it in in the show notes. But I've taken, oh, I think it's like eight eight or 10 of of Mo Willems, Piggy and Gerald stories. And I've created makerspace challenges around these stories so that you, you do read the story that doesn't come with the story. You buy the books on Amazon, which uh, that's where I get my books so I can get them quick. And I love, I love Mo Willems. So I have many, many um, various Piggy and Gerald books. And normally this would be something that I would do with first or second graders. But my fifth graders that, you know, that needed accommodations, I was like, you know what, I am going to, I'm going to, I'm going to read you this story. So I picked one of my Piggy and Gerald stories. And I'm like, then we're going to, we're going to do this challenge afterwards. And they're like, okay. And I'm thinking they're going to think this story is like, and I said, I go, I would normally read this to first or second grade. But I think that 
that who can't who doesn't love Piggy and Gerald? So I read it and they were completely captivated and which I was like, okay, yes, yes, this is good. So they were they were totally listening. So I think we sometimes underestimate how important it is to still be reading to our older students because they were listening like they were they couldn't wait to see what was going to happen next. So I think that that is something to keep in mind. Anyway, so we read the story and then we talked about like the lesson of like we talked about failure and we had discussions about it and we talked about like how we were going to, you know, what we were going to do. So I gave them the challenge and I gave them constraints. I gave each t- table, which they were distanced each table with enough supplies for them for their each person because I have a makerspace in my media center so I gave them they had to do they had to create a solution to the problem and they had to do it with a with the materials they were given and in this case it was um I love my new toy I think it's my love my new toy by Mo Willems and Piggy gets a new toy and she drops it and it breaks it ends up being a snap and break toy or whatever and the the so I was like we're going to create a new toy that was the solution to the problem and I'm like we but you have only can use these materials so like one table got cardboard and like a strip of tape and that was it and one table got um building blocks and one table got play-doh and one table got um pipe cleaners and oh what else did I give them popsicle sticks and tape And they had to create a toy that could withstand being dropped. So they had like to think about like reinforcement and gravity. And they had to think about um, what that might look like as far as like a structural engineering kind of thinking. And then they only had 10 minutes to complete the challenge. And they had the they had their materials constraint. And it was so unbelievably fun like the, they were like completely engaged they're thinking they're you know they're they're talking they're collaborating they're they're going to town it was so fun to watch them and I think that that is I think it is like really powerful so then I was videotaping which of course they were totally into and I had them talking about like they dropped it and if it broke I'm like okay so what did we learn from this failure and one of the students is like failure I'm like yes I'm like it didn't work so that you know that's a failure but a failure is a good thing failure is the opportunity to figure out what you need to do to become successful and they're like Oh, and so like you could tell like their mind shifted for a second because a moment for a moment they were like, "What do you mean failure?" Because they're older students, so like they they think failure is a bad thing. And I'm like, "No, we have to reframe this." So it was such an incredible opportunity to have a conversation about that and to have a conversation about like what worked and then what didn't work and what we need to do and how we need to you know the reflection piece is really important in in, in a makerspace moment. So or in a STEM or steam, you know, challenge. It's really important. So that it was like, it was a, it was like, it took something that I dreaded doing and turned it into like this really special moment. So anyway, I, I want to get to the attributes that we want to include when we are talking about an amazing makerspace, because it did make me think a lot about things that need to be in place in order to make these, these moments, even if they're just makerspace moments and they're not an actual space in your classroom or learning space, it's still the, because you don't have to be limited by that. 
it still can be moments. It can be something that you put away. And I think we can still have this kind of thinking going on. And I really noticed also that students who are often disaffected by traditional schooling often flourish in spaces where they can create, where they can think critically, where they can collaborate, where they can communicate. This is especially vital for ELL students, and that's what I was working with. I was working with ELL students, all students actually. I think all students can benefit from this kind of thinking. So at the very basic level, makerspace creates that spark for learning, and with enough oxygen, it can build into this true passion for learning. And oftentimes, we just need to give children the, the taste or the like little bit of the love of learning, and this love will transfer to other areas of, of their school experience. So great makerspaces, they're not just a fad. They look into the future and they plan. And one way to plan is to, is to know that you are never done. Like a makerspace is always evolving and growing and taking shape. So let's get to the six attributes for an amazing makerspace and creating that space in your classroom. And oh, I'm excited. So I think... We, I want you to just keep some of these things in mind and use them kind of like a guide as you plan your makerspace. So let's get started. So attribute number one, and again, this should be tailored to your community or your class. So that's the first attribute is that you are tailoring it to your community or class. Like it doesn't have to be exactly the same. There is no one size fits all. That's the beauty of a makerspace. It can be anything that you can imagine or create. And space does not have to limit your possibilities. You want to focus in on maybe some themes or ideas that are relevant and meaningful to your specific learners. And maybe even, you know, maybe that would even be different in a classroom versus a media center or like an actual makerspace in a school or a makerspace class. Like you're going to have different themes and ideas around, you know, your specific students. I think a social and emotional relevance can come into play here and that can come into play in any space. So I think that's a common theme that you might work around as far as your makerspace. I mean, that gave me such an opportunity to talk about, you know, resilience and grit and failure and, and like picking yourself back up and those kinds of things. And I think that that can be really important. Also, we're a steam school. So it's very easy to, 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 to need to incorporate the, that kind of thinking as well and those kind of disciplines. So that's something to consider. And I think themes would, might be different in like a pre-K class than they would be in a fifth grade class. Your focus might be on meaningful play in a pre-K, pre, in a pre-K class or your fine motor skills or development and any of or even literature focused. So I think that those are some things to keep in mind when you're thinking about like really tailoring it to the needs of your students. So that's attribute number one. The second attribute for creating an amazing makerspace is critical thinking. You want to be sure to provide opportunities for students to take their learning deeper. And like, for example, with those fifth graders, I could have given them the materials and told them to build, but I wanted to offer, or I guess offer, I wanted to implement constraints and criteria and ask them to reflect on this, which took the thinking deeper and it allowed us to go to another level rather than they just created and then they're finished. 
And another extension that I could have done in this situation is I could have had them research on reinforcements and structures. And I think that can take the thinking deeper. So you can always build on to these moments and allow allow that, that learning to really grow and, and you're fostering that learning. All right. Um, another level of like increasing the the learning or you know really thinking about the critical thinking is adding technology this can often enhance the learning as well and it really pushes kids to think and to try new ways and I think that that that's really important all right attribute number three inclusion in being inclusive that is the beauty of a makerspace. All students should feel included and comfortable in your makerspace. And an amazing makerspace ensures that everything created is celebrated by showcasing students' creations. And however you do this, maybe you do it like I did it with a video, maybe you do pictures, maybe you do a walkabout. There are several different ideas that, 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 that just came to my mind and that, that I think you could do in order to make people feel like their work is valued and that they are valued and that they feel like they are included. Great makerspaces also give all students choice in their thinking, which allows them to take some control and feel like they have some ownership. And it allows them to foster relationships with collaborative, with a collaborative aspect. And I think that that's really important. Makerspaces provide equal access to learning and students who have unique learning needs really thrive in these spaces because these spaces eliminate the fear of failure. And in fact, train kids to embrace failure as a way to get to the solution, which we can think of as like productive failure. And I think that that's really cool too. Um, And I kind of feel like that happened in that example with the fifth graders when I said that about failure, like at first they're like, oh, failure. And you know, you're only reading kids eyes right now because you can't see really the rest of their facial expression. So I, I saw the the moment. And then I also heard someone say failure, um, like kind of whispered it. And I was like, whoa. But again, like, we've got to get kids past that. Because if not, then they're gonna, they're gonna take life's failures as like the end of the world. And we know what that feels like as adults. And we, we really want people to, to feel or figure out that, that we can get past those things. And, you know, failure, failure is often success turned inside out. And I think that's really important to remember. Great makerspaces, they kind of democracy, they have like a democracy or democratize. I don't know if that's the right word. That's the word that's coming to my head. But it it, it like creates that type of learning by, by making materials and supplies and concepts available and accessible to all learners. And I think that's the beauty of these kind of things. That test that they were taking, that wasn't developed for all kind of learners. That, that was developed for one type of thinker. And so makerspaces give you the chance to, to really include all kinds of thinkers. All right, let's talk about attribute number four, differentiated. So this is the part that I love the most. Like this is the aspect of makerspace that I think is so powerful. It is really easy enough to switch out materials that help meet the needs of various children. And this really creates a learning environment that nurtures like all, again, all types of learners. And I think that that's important. Makerspace can be differentiated based on materials, on different content, on learning, on environment, on the learning environment, and on the processes. And I think, I think that that is really powerful. 
student choice also helps a great deal with this aspect and giving choice to these fifth graders allowed each need to be met. And I think that that, I think that that is important. Even flexible seating can allow for a differentiation. And that often happens in a makerspace. Like sometimes kids are on the floor. Sometimes kids are, I have wobble stools in, in my makerspace and I have a beanbag chair in my makerspace. And so I think that ha- allowing different types of flexible seating is also something that can really help. All right. Attribute number five, vision. So having a clear and intentional vision can set your makerspace up for success as well as your students. Knowing your, you're kind of knowing your why. It can really help you like have a clear purpose. It can help you like really get to the, the belief that inspired you in the first place. And I think that that is, is really magical. And attribute number six, inspiring. So creating the conditions for your students to want to make is so important. Challenges, they really motivate kids and they, they create to create and to build and they create this environment where they're like, yes, I can do it. I can overcome. But it's not competition. I didn't have teams like working against each other. I didn't have kids working against each other. The goal was for them to collaborate and talk out loud about what they needed and what might work or not work. And... I think that that's important to keep in mind. I think I think healthy competition is all right in a sense, but I don't think we have to have this competitive, constant competitiveness going on in our learning. I think that the, I think embracing collaboration is for me so much more powerful than embracing competition. So I like the idea of a challenge, but a challenge like that you're kind of going against yourself or you know it's not like you're competing with other people in the class so I really want to be clear about that and I think you know putting it in the in a challenge perspective really helps kids get excited about it and I think that I think if you've got like pictures of past challenges or you know past creations I think that can sometimes be really inspiring for kids I don't want them to get ideas I don't want them to get ideas from other, I mean, it's important to get ideas from other people, but I don't want to give it away for them. I want them to actually really have to think through what it might look like. So I hesitate to give examples sometimes when I create like makerspace moments in literature. I have a lot of those too. I'll link to those in the show notes. Um, And I, I hesitate to give like an example of things that kids have come up with because I really want... I really want kids in all classrooms to be able to think that through. And and sometimes just the process of thinking it through is frustrating. And and that's an opportunity for us to help kids get past frustration and move forward. And I think that that can be I think that can be a huge huge important like a very powerful aspect of like a life skill. If you base your challenges on some great literature, like those makerspace moments in literature, I really think that can be inspiring as well. And you can, and it can really get kids thinking about solutions and creating solutions for problems that occurred in the story. So I think that that that's that's fun too. And you can make anything a challenge, and you can or you can make it a mission or a game. And making anything into a game is certainly a surefire way to motivate students and to really get them excited about learning. All right, so there you have it. Six attributes to creating an amazing makerspace. So I really hope that you, you, you take these and you focus on 
you know, some time and you strive to, to create and grow this amazing space in your learning environment. Until next time, this one tired teacher is excited about the possibilities of, of really getting kids motivated and inspired to learn and to think. Sweet dreams and sleep tight.